0: so much for worshiping with us. Today we're going to be in the book of Judges, if you want to go ahead and be flipping there in the Old Testament. Last week we're in the book of Joshua for the second time, and we saw Joshua and the Israelites really just failing in battle because they had failed God in their sin. And Joshua very quickly, as a good leader does, learned some valuable lessons, as do the Israelites. And so, the story goes, they basically move on from that point and begin a very successful conquest of the land of Canaan. Now, eventually, as you'll see in your reading, Joshua, he gets old, right? And Joshua passes away and he dies before the conquest of Canaan is complete. And so uh, there's still work to be done. There's still people to drive out. There's still darkness to, to drive out of the land. But the, and the Bible says something really interesting that, that my group really talked about this week was how uh, while Joshua was alive and leading the people, the people did pretty good. You know, they weren't perfect. They had problems, as people do. But while Joshua was leading them, they did pretty well. And even after Joshua dies, there's some of his generation of elders in the nation of Israel that I think step in and help lead the people. And the Bible says that while they're living, the people still do pretty good. But they eventually too pass away. And, and, And really when that generation dies... I mean, everything just kind of goes to pot, just to be honest with you. And so the book of Judges opens up, and it begins to tell this story of this tragic cycle where God's people, they're they're disobedient. They they can't defeat their enemies. They can't drive the Canaanites out of the Promised Land. Really, to the contrary, they began to intermarry these pagans and these Canaanites. They began to worship their gods. And the Bible goes so far to say that most of the Israelites didn't even know who God was at this time. And so here's what's interesting, though. They're not worshiping God. They're not following God. But when life gets really tough for the Israelites, who do they cry out to? God. You ever seen that play out in somebody's life just like that? Maybe even your own, right? So they cry out to God in the middle of whatever mess it is that they've made. And in God's infinite grace and mercy, he just intervenes for them. He raises up what this book calls judges, these leaders that kind of, uh, for a time, help get the people back on track, if not not fully spiritually, at least bring some peace to the land where they can uh, defeat their enemies and maybe have some peace in Israel, in the promised land. Now, the language used for these people is pretty incredible. They are called judges, but besides that, sometimes they're called a deliverer some translations say. Or in the Hebrew, it's this word, Moshiach, or even Savior. Now, the people would do good under these Moshias, these saviors, or these judges, but these saviors, or judges, they're far from perfect. As we'll see this morning, some of them are really, they've got some pretty big issues. And so, Judges uh, tells us time and time again, it's this, this, this refrain, it's so tragic, all throughout the book, it says, in those days... There was no king in Israel. And here's here's the bad part. Every man did as he pleased. And we will see that all throughout the book of Judges. So the book of Judges is a book about the condition of the human heart. It's a book about us and these imperfect saviors, these imperfect judges, these leaders that God raises up, they point to man's desperate need for a perfect savior. Not just a Mosheah, but as the Hebrews say, a a Mashiach, a Messiah. And so one such imperfect judge that we'll read about this morning, it's a man most of us are familiar with. We learned about him in Sunday school. As children, we We were fascinated by his strength, and it's a man by the name of Samson. And Samson's a very fascinating character because even though he was far from perfect and he made many, many, many mistakes, Samson finishes strong. Full pun intended there. He finished well. He finished strong. So the point for us today is that even if we've gotten off track, even if we've made some very serious mistakes because of the great mercy and grace of our perfect Savior, we can get back on track and even finish strong. We're going to be in Judges chapter 16 this morning, starting in verse 21. It's nice to hear those Bible pages flipping. The Bible says, "...the Philistines seized him, being Samson, and they gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza." And bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now the Philistine leaders gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon. They rejoiced and said, Our god has handed over our enemy Samson to us. And when the people saw him, they praised their god and said, Our god has handed over to us our enemy who destroyed our land and who multiplied our dead. When they were in good spirits, they said, Bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from prison, and he entertained them. They had him stand between the pillars. Samson said to the young man who was leading him by the hand, Lead me where I can feel the pillars supporting the temple so I can lean against them. The temple was full of men and women. All the leaders of the Philistines were there. About 3,000 men and women were on the roof watching Samson entertain them. And he called out to the Lord. Lord God, please remember me. Strengthen me, God, just one, once more. With one act of vengeance, let me pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars supporting the temple and leaned against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the leaders and all the people in it. And those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his life. Then his brothers and his father's whole family came down, carried him back, and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of his father Manoah. So he judged Israel 20 years. It's a story a lot of us have heard before, right? Growing up, going to Sunday school. It's the one that we're most, most of us are familiar with. And again, Samson to me, he's just a, a fascinating character in the Bible. An imperfect man that God still used and still had a plan for. And Samson is among a few select people in the Bible whose birth is actually foretold to his mother by an angel. That's not common. Uh, believe it or not. And so he's one of the few that, that fit into that. And the angel comes and tells her, says, don't drink any alcohol, don't eat anything unclean, never cut the boy's hair because this young man is to be a Nazarite to me. Set apart to me, God says, in accordance with Numbers chapter 6. But not only that, the angel actually tells what Samson's going to do with his life. The angel says he will begin to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. And even though Samson, he's this incredible character, a man of great strength, I mean, you, you read the stories and you just want to, again, what a great movie this would make just to see some of the things that he does, a great warrior, the champion of Israel. But he struggled. He struggled with his flesh. The lust of the flesh just over, overtook him at some points in his life, and that would eventually be his demise. So he falls in love with this woman named Delilah, and if you read the, the Bible, the way it's it really written, it, it basically says she pestered him so much that he eventually just told her where his strength come from. That's the, the Tyler International Version. And tragically, this Moshe, this Savior of Israel... He has his hair cut off, he's captured, he loses his strength, but it's not just about the hair because we know that his strength comes from the Lord. And that's a very difficult lesson that he had to to learn. And the Bible says the Lord left him because he broke his Nazarite vow to God. And the result of this long line of sin where Samson just fails time and time again is that he's captured by the Philistines and no one in Israel comes to his aid. Matter of fact, if you read through the book of Judges, it sounds like some of his fellow Israelites probably wanted him captured and nobody cared. First thing we learn about Samson or from Samson this morning is that my sin is shameful. Man's sin often results in man's shame. So throughout his life, Samson had been a very proud man. He had a lot to be proud of. I think there were times when He gloried in His physical abilities and time after time He gives Himself over again to the desires of His flesh, whether it be drink or whether it be companionship. But then all this sin eventually just strips everything he has away from him and he's absolutely humiliated before his enemies and just before right here at the very beginning of this passage the bible tells us that they they gouged out samson's eyes and why did they do that well i think one it was to subdue him and and make him less of a threat but you think about what this did to samson He couldn't, if they had mirrors back then, he couldn't stand in front of the mirror and look at himself. He couldn't see how strong he was. He couldn't see his enemies to destroy them or fight against them. He couldn't look at women with lust in his heart as he had done throughout most of his life. And not only that, it says they shackled him and they forced him to grind grain in the prison. Now, that just sounds like forced labor to us, but when you realize what's going on here, Samson was uh, not only blinded and bound by shackles, but the work that he's forced to do, grinding grain, this is a, a job that's typically reserved for the, the women. And so the strong man of Israel, the champion of Israel, the womanizer, is bound and forced to do the, women's, the Philistine women's work for them, basically. How humiliating for this big, brawn man. Really, Samson's lack of humility... Something we've talked about a few times before. It's a recurring thing. His lack of humility resulted in his humiliation. And what we we have to understand for ourselves is is our sin isn't just something to take lightly. Our sin is as small or as large as it may be, it's something that's shameful. It's disgusting. In God's eyes, it's just, it's nasty. And if we continue on with this sin in our lives and we allow it to live in us and and overtake us, eventually it's going to lead us to a place of shame and disgrace. I'm afraid far too often we take our sin about as lightly as this one lady did about this car accident. She had a little fender bender, right? She comes home and she tells her husband, says, Honey, I had a little fender bender today. Had a little scratch on the bumper. He's like, Oh. Yeah, if you don't care to take a look at it, it's laying in the back seat of the car. If <laughs> we laugh at that, right? But here's the thing. How, how often do we take our sin that lightly? Got a little fender bender today, God. Oh, really? That's sickening. That's disgusting. That's shameful. Hopefully we don't find ourselves in a situation like Samson blinded bound and even bald at this point and living in shame because we allowed this sin to continue in our lives so we got, it just took us to this desperate point. Here's what I believe happened to Samson. Again, from before his birth, this man is called out by God to be a special person. Yeah, God's got a plan for all of our lives, and I believe that with all my heart, but an angel came down from heaven and, and foretold about this man that would be born. God had a plan for him. But here's the problem. More often than not, Samson did his own thing. He went his own direction time and time again. But here's, here's what's awesome is that the Bible says while Samson was down in prison, and I love the picture of this paint. It says his hair began to grow back. Understand, his strength wasn't just about his hair. His hair marked him. His hair marked him as being set apart for the Lord's service. And I think that his hair growing back over time represents Samson in this forced state of humility coming back to the Lord as he grinds away at the meal day after day after day. And he begins to think about things. He's got time. to. He can't do anything else. and begins to think about his life. He begins to think about his failures. He begins to think about God again and how he's failed time after time. And like we said last week, maybe he's thinking, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to do this thing that God called me to even from before I was born. Maybe it's time for me to get back on track with the purpose and the plan that God has for my life. So today, maybe you need to do one of two things. Maybe one, like we, we really hit on last week, maybe you need to take your sin seriously. Stamp it out, as we said last week, before it gets carried away and overtakes you and brings you down. Secondly, maybe you're on the other side of this and, and you've been humbled and you realize it's time for me to get back on track. I don't belong in this prison. I don't belong here grinding this, this grain. I, I'm supposed to be serving the Lord and it's, it's time for you now, not in your own strength, but in God's strength, to get back to work. Now takes us to the second point. It's not your strength, but I need God's strength. Man's shame can result in God's strength being provided. It just takes humility to get there. The thing about Samson, and now think about him as a man. Samson really, he had it all. He was a man's man, right? I mean, this guy literally, the Bible says, he lined up you a thousand men, whooped them every one, didn't think anything about it. That's awesome. But in order for God to do what God wanted to do in Samson's life, Samson had to get out of God's way in his life. And so now he knows he has no strength in and of himself. And as they they lead him out again to humiliate him and to parade him around as this trophy over Israel, he he sincerely prays. And I I love his prayer. He says, Lord God, please remember me. You ever felt like God's forgotten you? I think Samson drifted so far that he felt like God had had forgotten him, And the Bible says God had left Samson for a season anyway. He says, God, remember me. Strengthen me, God, just once more. And the Bible says, again, the Lord had left him. And he asked God, Lord, just let me feel your presence again. Have you ever been there? Let me, let me feel your strength again. I, I'm empty, Lord. I need your strength in my life. I can't do it on my own. And Samson, I think he's finally starting to get it. I think he thought he had it figured out many times in his life. He was brave. He was strong. He was wise. But now he's realizing that he needs God. And, and finally, with everything stripped away from him, he loses all faith in his own strength and all of his abilities. He loses faith in himself. And he begins, I think, probably for the very first time in his life to truly rely solely on God. Today, you've got to understand that, that you need God. You need God. Now, I know that sounds simple, but you need God if you're in the middle of a mess and you need God if you're not in a mess at all. You need God's strength. You need God's guidance for your life. You need everything that God has to offer, because the hard truth that we've got to eventually wrap our mind around is that we in and of ourselves have nothing to offer. Somebody once said that that without man, God is guess what? He's still God. But without without God, man is absolutely nothing. And so the lesson for Samson, the strong man, that he had to learn is that even he too needed God's strength. And even though he finishes strong and even though he returns, I think, to his faith, he's still very far from perfect. Now he's considered a hero because we read he killed more people, more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. And that's a pretty significant number if you look at the life of Samson. But he's still far from a perfect Savior. Notice what he prays. He says, God, give me strength because I want to get even with these people. He says, let me with one act of what? Vengeance. Let me repay these Philistines for my two eyes. Let me get back at them. Even though his motives weren't pure, the nation of Israel still benefited from God using this imperfect Savior. But that takes us to this final point. I I couldn't get away from this as I studied the the passage this week. Because I think that's what Judges is about. It's about these imperfect saviors that that God raises up. And for a season, the people do well. and, And you've got really fascinating people. But here's the thing. I don't need an imperfect savior anymore. I need a perfect savior. I don't just need another Samson as a role model. I don't need a Gideon. I don't need a Deborah. I need a Jesus. (laughs) I need a perfect Savior, imperfect Samson. This is what boggles my mind. This guy was, he was a scoundrel sometimes. But we read, even in the New Testament, the author of Hebrews says, you know, if I had time, I'd tell you about these other heroes of the faith. And he mentions, guess who? Samson. These imperfect saviors, though they weren't able to perfectly save anyone, because when the judge dies again, the Bible says people go back to their same old ways. It's a reminder to us that man is imperfect, that man is sinful. You know, how many times have you heard somebody gets arrested or does something really terrible, and people start coming to their defense? Well, no, they're really—they're just—they're a good person deep down. They're really good. No, they're not. We're not. We are sinful and in desperate need of a perfect Savior that can deal with our sin. A Savior who is sufficient. And guess what? In time, this is what the whole narrative of Scripture is teaching us as we go through these very difficult books like like Judges. In time, God would raise up such a Savior. He would send His own Son who was perfect, who was sinless, who was sufficient. And just, just think about this. Think about the picture. As Samson stretched out his arms to finish the work that God called him to do. Likewise, years and years later, Jesus Jesus would stretch out His arms on the cross to finish the work that God sent the Son to do. And in His perfect sacrifice, Jesus, once and for all, dealt with the sin that no man or no imperfect Savior could deal with. So this morning, if you're looking for a Savior, if you're looking for a Deliverer, look no further than Jesus. You're not going to find what you're looking for in anything else in life. Look at Samson's life. He he tried to find it in himself. He couldn't find it in his own abilities. He couldn't find it in killing people. He couldn't find it in the arms of someone else. You won't find it in the bottom of a bottle. You won't find it anywhere but in Jesus. So here's a challenge for us this morning. There's a couple. First, if there's sin in your life, again... Sounds familiar, right? You need to get rid of it. I'm not going to stop preaching that message. We're about to go to the Lord's table this morning. And we're about to celebrate our, our perfect Savior. Savior. And the sacrifice that he made for us. And remember what he did. And the Apostle Paul tells us before we do that, we need to examine ourselves. We need to examine our hearts before we come to his table, Jesus' table. And reflect on what He's done. Secondly, if you've been relying on your own strength and you've been trying to do things your way, first of all, I'd ask you, how's that working out? And and just remind you, listen, you need to trust God this morning. You need to trust in His strength, in His ways, in His will for your life. And just, just give it all over to Him and rely on Him. And lastly, and most importantly, if you need a Savior this morning, if you're here and you need Jesus or you're watching online and you need Jesus, and you need to be saved. Listen, Jesus is ready to receive you with arms wide open if you'd simply come to Him in faith. Stand together as we pray. Father, this morning we we look at these passages and we're, we're so reminded, Lord, one of how messed up we are, And how messed up humanity is. We're aware of our failures, our flaws, our weaknesses. Our own sin. But God, the book of Judges is such a powerful book. Because it shows just how far away we can drift. When we don't have you in our lives. Just how far our sin will take us in such a short time. But Lord, it's also a reminder that you raised up a perfect Savior. One that would not just give us peace and prosperity and all this other stuff that we look for, but one that would deal with our sin by dying for. it. God, this morning, I pray that we would, Lord, if if we're saved, God, that and we just need to get back to work or whatever it is you're you're dealing with us in our lives, God, I pray you'd give us the the strength, the courage to to do the work that you've called us to, to take a stand for our family, to lead our family, to serve our church, to serve our community, Lord. And God, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, Lord, I pray this morning you give them the faith give their life to Him. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So we sing a song of invitation this morning. If you need to come, need and, to come pray. and pray, would you come and pray if there's a decision you need to make. I'd love for you to share that with your church, but really, I'd like to just take just a moment, all of us, just allow the Holy Spirit to search our heart. Before we go to the Lord's table, let's do this thing right this morning. And let's come to His table with a clean slate. If there's anything standing between you and God this morning, or anything standing between you and another brother or sister, why don't you just deal with that first, and then let's come to His table and celebrate the fact that we can come to our Lord in His presence with nothing between us and God because of what He's done for us. will not you come as we sing? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at First underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.